Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Life at a time. Our mission statement is theological and informs our methodology. God is love. He first loved us. In scripture, God's story of creation starts out in a garden and ends with God coming back with a city. We get the honor to live and hold true to the ancient while building forward in the future, creating under the creator for the city through vocation. God's love is for the one and it is life that matters most, not mere buildings. The good news is proclaimed to be born again. He comes to give new life and life more abundantly. Each one of us is alive only for a period of time and we want to make our lives count for what matters most. Good morning, everybody. We are continuing the We Are series. We're in a season here where we are expressing and being intentional about who we are at a DNA level kind of city life catechism, if you will, spending three months inching through the DNA here and the theology that informs our methodology and our philosophy, because the message never changes, which is the good news of Jesus, and the methods do, and our vision is that we are a good news church, that we would be the body of Christ. And we're a church, not the church. We're part of the global church that God is building. Jesus is the head of the church. And we spent two weeks talking about that. Ashton was up last week. My name's Jerome. I get to serve as the lead pastor here. I'll share a little bit of the story, how we were founded. I got the privilege and honor with our family and a core group of people to help found the church before we were ever here. And we're still on this one story of God uh, that God is writing and building, and we want to be in tune in a line of what he's doing. And I was backstage even hearing that song, Love the City, and it was calibrating me, reminding me through the lyrics as Ron was sharing. You know, when the truck pulls up, the logo tells you what's inside, love. We bring gifts, no strings attached. And then he was like, you got to walk it and talk it so our words and our actions match. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, because it's word and deed, you know, first to the household of faith and to everybody. We have this magazine, if you're watching online, there, you can go to the website, it's under the resources tab. This is got all the material of, you've wondered, okay, what is our playbook, so to speak, our statement of faith, our vision, our mission, our passions, discipleship, formation, if you're into all that stuff. And at the very least, you could, this is great, uh, bathroom material or coffee material. These are seven bucks in the hallway, free online, and I have a copy here for somebody that's like, I want this. This is mine. Whose is this? Copy somebody. There we go. This is your copy. And hope you enjoy that. The team spent a lot of time to make sure it wasn't written like an encyclopedia. It's got pictures. It's got spacing. It's creative. It lets the peace breathe. Today we are continuing. We are with the mission. We are loving the city one life at a time. This weekend, before we dive into our mission, it's Memorial Day. And Memorial Day, whether we're 
anti-war or pro-America or anti-America or wherever you find yourself on the spectrum of processing uh, kingdom and country and all that, at the very least, I think we can have a level of reverence and honor for those that fought and gave their lives. And we remember that. And so as I'm thinking of Carnitas tomorrow, there is a reverence that we honor as a people. And today we'll look at the mission of the church of Jesus, and there is some people doing some radical things around the world. We'll show a clip of one of the movies uh, that has inspired us over the years, Free Burma Rangers, at the end of today. And there's people that have given their lives for the faith, and our Lord led the way, and the disciples followed Stephen, and so on. And so we honor, we have to understand the story that we're even in as a people, that we get the opportunity to share the good news today. I read an article this week of somebody in North Korea got caught with the Bible, and they'll be doing time in jail, maybe never get out. And I'm like, oh, you know, leaning into that. So in one sense, okay, we can't change everywhere, but our prayers do go anywhere at any time. So we make a difference through prayer. But local is global. This is the realest moment we have. We're here. But global is local because don't you wish somebody would care about you no matter where you're at? And God cares about everybody. So we're in one big story. And uh, our why is that we're a good news church, is to be the body. We got a picture here of the body. I don't know what the body of Christ looks like at City Life, but here's a gingerbread picture of it. Jesus is the head. We are the body. We are in this thing. We are the family of God, the bride of Christ. And today is, okay, in this family, what is the heartbeat? What's the mission? Where are we going? Why do we do what we do? There's a dense truth to when we say loving the city one life at a time. To sum it up, it's basically to share the good news and make disciples. And in our context, that got birth to say loving the city one life at a time. Before City Life started, there was many years of uh, God drawing us in and our team in to, to to birth what we now are a part of. And we are only one piece in the story. It doesn't matter if somebody gets in four years from now, they're vital to the mission that God is doing. We are all connected and every yes matters. But the yes, can't get into all of it before the church was launched, but there was a, a, a key pivotal season where in the paper, above the headline, above the fold, Rather. So anything above the fold is to get your attention. So the narrative, whether someone's using it to coerce our thoughts or feelings and emotions for propaganda. And, uh, but this headline had shown up for too long. Us being traveling ministers at the time, living in Lansing, we would go help different churches, go to different cities, and there was this constant above the fold, which is violence is on the rise. There was a prostitution ring busted right by our house. Schools were testing the lowest 5%, and it was just right there. But I wasn't hearing that anyone was actually being mobilized for the kingdom of God to do something about it. And it doesn't make us special. In fact, once you get in the trenches, you see there's all kinds of special people that God has been using in profound ways. There's no uh, savior complex that, oh, look, we're here. In fact, I remember when we started volunteering at one of the inner city schools, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said this, said, where you been? 
I've been moving the whole time. Because we see revival sometimes with stats or metrics, and if you would have saw the setting, you wouldn't have think it was revival. And then in one sense, it's also Pentecost Sunday today, friends. The seventh Sunday after we celebrate Easter, we remember that Jesus, he promised to give us the Holy Spirit so that we would be witnesses, have power. So we're going to talk about that and dive into all of this as we are good news Church, loving the city one life at a time, that's why we exist, but ultimately it's gospel proclamation, make disciples. And the stat that kind of really drove it home, it was one week, nine shootings, six days. And it was as if the Holy Spirit was asking me, Jerome, if not you, then who? Are you going to get in the game? I know you drive by, I know you live here, but you're not really blooming where you're planted. It's cool to go help all these other places and build some bridges between the youth and the local church in these other cities. But are you going to be amongst? Are you going to be with? Are you going to put your roots down? Because you preach get rooted all the time. And there wasn't shame in it. It was more like a bat signal in the sky saying, look, come on. The Jerusalem right in front of your face is just crying. Nine shootings in six days, crying. Schools are testing the lowest 5%. I think, ah, oh, what are we? Salt and light called to be present. We're not called to be separatists, so let's now break this down. Everyone with me? All right, Matthew 28, Jesus gives us the great commission. This is all of our mission. This isn't reserved for people on stage. So no one is, um, no one is, what's the phrase I'm looking for? You all can get it. We all can get it. Meaning we all get to be signed up with Jesus. There's not this thing where we're spectator sports. And he says, go, therefore, and make disciples. And this is key of all nations, because how we understand this informs our methodology. Nations being people groups. Some of us may never travel to a different nation, but all of us are called to, as we are going, the translation would be more accurately depicted here. As we are going, make disciples learners of all people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Look at this. Look at this promise. This is after he has destroyed death. All authority is Jesus's. You got to remember who's calling you. If we got a phone call and we knew that our life could save the planet, so to speak, you would be really intrigued. Hey, your DNA uh, is the perfect fit and match and your blood type and for you, and it's really important you listen to this, and there's going to be a helicopter that's going to pick you up, and don't get distracted by the bird that's in the building somewhere chirping in the background, and you got to listen and lean in right now. Somebody, it's like Mission Impossible movie stuff. It's you, and someone's going to pick you up right now. In fact, look to your left, and you see that person wearing sunglasses. They're staring at you. They're here to get you. You better, there's going to be a car. you got to listen, listen, listen up, right? Of course, it was a, if it was a matter of national security or even international security, I think we would, we would listen. But yet somehow something happens, there's a disconnect where it's like Jesus, our Savior, is saying, hey, all power is mine. Now there's no divide, secular and sacred. All spaces now are unlocked for the good report to, to, to go all the way back to what I was doing in the garden, that you can be with God, restored in me, 
and now unlocked to our vocational position to go rule and be fruitful and multiply under God's reign, not acting as if we are God. And we learn and we grow in this and he says, behold, you got me. Yeah, but who's gonna come? You ever read when Moses, uh, God shows up to Moses in the burning bush and the burning, the bush does not get burnt and Moses just prolifically tells God why he can't do it. It is exhausting to read. Because if you're in the crowd, just shoot the ball, man. God's speaking to you. Shot clock. Get a shot off at least, man. We get it. You're insecure. But aren't we all the same way? But somebody, no. And he says, look, I am with you always to the end of the age. So our mission as a people is fundamentally rooted in the Great Commission of what Jesus has sent us on. And then in Acts 1, we get a picture where Jesus says, wait, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit, and here's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And it's so neat because there's really no confusion when you keep reading the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit, though none of us can fully figure it out, there is amazing boundaries and prioritization of why we have the Holy Spirit. So comfort, lead us to Jesus, lead us in all truth, but there is a Big, 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 big. This is the main reason as we continue to read this. Look at verse six. So when they had come together, God's never doing anything solo. He's doing it, we're in this together. They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? I am so sick of what's happening down here. Are you gonna rule and reign now? We relate so much with them then. (sighs) Election right around the corner. There's got to be the right candidate. What's going on? Come on, there's got to be somebody that's going to restore. Look, it's always low. It's always slow. And of course, we want righteous, God-fearing people in positions of authority. But the, the, the temptation for all of us is to think that restoration is going to come from a top-down model, but it, it really comes from an empowerment and an equipping of each individual that is in Jesus. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Look, you're not driving. But you will, this is the main point, check this, you will receive power. Achieve, earn, receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The point of having the Holy Spirit, the point of Pentecost is that we would have power to proclaim what Jesus has done. 
And no matter what sin anyone has done, they can be forgiven and made brand new. That's the good news. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we wait, he starts to customize and unlock us to be bold. As I've been reflecting in the last couple days, thinking about this message, thinking, ah, am I as bold as when I, I first got unlocked with the power? Am I a little timid? Am I more reasoning now? Am I more like, you know what? I want to see the kingdom restored. Did God, did you really say? (laughs) You know, the miracle, it goes on um, in Pentecost. The people, you know, the, the, the tongues of fire came upon them. People thought they were drunk. They were speaking in all these different languages, which they were speaking in tongues. But it was not unknown tongues. They were speaking in languages that people understood. And what was so profound is they were hearing the good news in their own language. So imagine you're witnessing what is taking place. Then you're hearing the good news in your own language because the king of the Jews came for the Gentiles and it's now flowing outside of the children of Israel to people groups. So the real miracle is not the tongues of fire. Get this. The real miracle is that people are hearing the good news in their own language. Otherwise, we say, ah, oh, like, no. And there's, there's another scripture the other day. How do we, okay, is tongues real? Yeah, yes. Is, what, how would we go about it in a church setting? Paul speaks on it. And, and there's, a, you know, there's a tongue that we don't even understand that builds us up, a groaning. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's powerful. But we have some people on staff that, that, have never experienced speaking in tongues, and some that have, and, and we, we just lean into that, but we recognize the main thing is to proclaim the good news in a contextual way so people can hear that Jesus loves them in their language, and then, and then God give them ears to hear. One plants, one waters, God makes it grow. So the miracle is that they were hearing the good news, different people groups going back to the Great Commission and then the activation on the day of Pentecost. And so now let's break down our mission statement. Loving the city one life at a time. And we start with loving. Verb, moving, active. God's love is not stagnant towards us. Yes, it's a feeling, but it is fully Active, steadfast in pursuit of me and you. Always in demonstration. Period. So when we think of the story of city life and the mission of why we do what we do in the Great Commission is it starts with love. First John 4, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because, this is the why, because God is love. It's who he is. Imagine doing all the works. None of it matters if we don't have love in it. First Corinthians, if I speak in tongues of men and angels... But have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 
if I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. I know I won't be the pastor forever here, but as your pastor, I remind myself and I remind every one of us, let us never assume that love is in the equation. These words are meant to remind us you could do all the stuff, but if love ain't in it, it don't matter. Now we're just another religious exercise. We built a bunch of barriers. <laughs> we built walls, not bridges. And Jesus came not for the healthy, but for the sick. And that is not easy to do. It requires us being vulnerable. My love tank gets empty. I can't love like Jesus. But as I abide with him, he reminds me, ah, oh, he loves me. So one, he reminds me this. First, that he is love. Second, that I am loved by God. Talk about mic drop. When you're in Jesus, you are loved by God. And then the last one, I am I love in God's name, here, everywhere. Loving, now the city. What do we mean when we say that? We don't just mean uh, Lansing. We mean Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what we're meaning is this. Yes, the Jerusalem in front of your face. Lansing. Lansing's success, it influences all of our success. No matter where you live in this geographical footprint in the 517, we'll call it that, and, and then ultimately, of course, our part in the world. And Jeremiah 29 is pivotal for us understanding this because it says, hey, I want you to build houses. This is a, a, a God's people taken captive into a city they don't want to be in, and they are uh, outside of their own, they're not in charge. They have host, host, like hostility hostility or like the hostile nature of the, and the brute force that they've now been ruled under. And God, you would think God says, hey, overthrow them. And I'm trying to do a new thing and get out of there. And it, this has been, if you just study this chapter, this has been a chapter that is at the heartbeat of why we do what we do. It's build houses in this city that's Babylon and Babylonian rule. Build houses there, live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Find wives for yourself and sons and daughters. Live the, the Genesis creation story and find wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. So don't take your ball and say, I'm out. Say, we here. Church, we here. Where are you guys going? Come on, the pandemic ruffled a lot of feathers, right? It's like, eh, there's ever time to go get out of Dodge and, and that, hey, I get it. There's a time and a place, but may we be all connected and understanding that the call of heaven is different. Pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For when it thrives, the city, you will thrive. And so the essence of how when we think of the city is that we're connected to all of the people in the city, the people groups, and the place that we're in geographically, 
that the good news would permeate the spaces and the places that we are in. And Hebrew there is shalom. So seek the shalom of people. And what that means is not just a transactional uh, connection with individuals. Okay, I gave you the good news, I'm out. It's like, no, no, I'm with you. But I'm still set apart. But I'm with you. And I want my speech to be seasoned with salt, and we're here. Private, public spaces, all coming together. Race, culture, class, we're here. We're here. And this is a hard word because I don't always want to be here. Practically. Period. Where do I want to go? I don't know. There's no, I don't even have it. I just know loving people is hard. Letting God love me is hard. But it's worth it. So we get a picture of that. We don't tolerate the city. When we say the city, we're understanding that God was doing it all the way back in the garden, that there was this amazing experience that we're with God, but when he comes back in Revelation, he comes back in a city. So sometimes we think that the city is, this can happen subconsciously and oh so subtle. We think the city is a byproduct of what Satan is doing. And because of that, we've given up so much territory to what Satan's doing. Because we're like, oh no, man. It's wild things there. What a, look, there's people that are great, that are overcoming and underserved and overlooked and forgotten spaces and places in the city. And the city's not just the highlights we see, whether that's good or bad. It's real people that are day in and day out just trying to be on this journey of life, just like me and you, right? That's why the biggest number is loving the city, one. That's it. Our mission is a story of oneness, one life at a time. That's the cue. <laughs> it's like, my kids will sometimes, you know, when you go in the doors and the, you know, they'll do the Jedi thing. Yeah, that was mine. Shout out. One is the biggest number because one represents me, one represents you. One God, one way, one person, one life at a time. See, how we internalize mission a lot of times is we feel it hard or heavy and we feel it as pressure when it really it should be passion. And to understand how we define success impacts what we do more than anything. We somehow think we need to achieve something. Tetelestai, it's been finished. One way, Jesus. And then from that experience with him, abiding with him, one life, one moment at a time. And so when we say one, yes, every moment matters, and uh, we planted some trees at our house, and that's been fun, but at the end of the day, my goal is not to ultimately have a building. Our goal can't ultimately to have good grass, though that's a reflection of the artistry of heaven, and that's beautiful. And it's not a competition to, you know, keep up with the Joneses in your neighborhood, even though now I've lapped some people, so shout out. I didn't start that way. I got a letter one time in the mailbox that said, hey, you've lived here long enough. I think it's time to get grass. And I was like, I said, I said you better put your name on it. And I was looking, you know, and I had to pray because I was ready to, as you can tell, I still maybe deal with it a little bit. <laughs> but we are showing off heaven's best right now. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> uh, I want to end soon because I want the Holy Spirit to do work um, in us. 
And so maybe we won't get to all of it, so we'll, we'll just go through it. Because one, when we say one, we mean one life. And the type of life is to be born again. Satan is a thief that only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus comes to give us life and have it abundantly. That real life is found in Jesus. Real life is found in being born again. That means every person we come in contact with, God's love for them and the good news that God has for them, God wants to proclaim through me and you. I'm not a speaker. I'm not this. I know. But it's not our message. It's not our news. No different than the small talk you hear that gets so annoying that I saw as a kid that now I'm an old cat, that it happens all the time, that I'm resisting, that sometimes I find myself falling victim to, and you know what it is? It's like, did you see the weather? It's about to rain. Like, dude, this is what... I didn't dream this as a kid, that I would be at the gym and we'd be just small talking about, did you see the weather? Yep. Changes. You know Michigan. <laughs> Changes all the time. Yeah. I know Michigan. I've been here my whole life. Changes all the time. This is the most boring news. But in some weird way, I think hopefully you get it. We're just sharing news. It's not ours. It makes us feel safe. If the gospel is rejected and we're rejected, it's not our news. They're not rejecting us. Now, if they don't want to accept us and we can't be a part of that anymore, that's bad. That's, that's sad. But it's a reality. In North Korea, that message is rejected. And in theory, on paper, it says all religions are accepted. And I always think it's fascinating. Why are we threatened by this Jesus who rode on a donkey to his own death? Hmm. Must be that there's power in that name. So it's about one life at the end of the day. And you might say, okay, what must I do to be saved? If you're here today and you're thinking, look, this is between you and God. It's, it's our sin that separates us from God and he's willing to, to, to do a new thing in our life and, and he's given his church a message and to the power to be witnesses. And today we proclaim this message and it's embedded here in Acts 16, verse 30. It says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Come on, you gotta take a class, right? Church membership, right? No, no, you and your household. This gets into baptism, other conversations later that we can keep talking about and we can become theological junkies, which is awesome by all means. But it's always taught and caught. Jesus has an immersive model that he's teaching them, of course, but he's a carpenter and they're doing life together. And we want to separate everything and compartmentalize everything in our context and our spheres and it is shallow and hollow. period. And that's what our church was funded on. Now, I don't know if we're there by any stretch of the imagination, but what we read, we want to live it, you know? We don't want to just read it and learn it. So we're doing this one life at a time, me and you, friends. Have you saw yourself this uh, active on mission for God? It's probably a good chance, no. But God wants to use each one of us. So when we say at a time, what do we mean? 
time is short. And I don't have the verse here, but it's in 2 Peter chapter 3. Why has the Lord not come back yet? Is he slow to his promises? What's going on? Like mocking Christians almost. He has not returned so that more people can come back home to him. Because when he does return, it's final. That shouldn't be fear. It should just be a sober truth. Having been somebody that has been in an altered state many times, there's certain things in life that will just sober you up real quick. You shouldn't take, you know, a flicker of the 5-0 lights behind you. But God. Because in James it says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What your life will be, for you are like vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. It almost sounds kind of morbid. Dang. But yet he wants to include us. We're heirs. We'll get crowns for what we do. Gifts. I don't fully get that because it's finished. But yet what we do matters. So as we receive, this is what's so profound about it. It's not we're going out to try to figure out. We're flowing from victory. We abide with Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We can do all the right things, but we stop and we posture ourselves and we just say, God, what do you want us to do to love this city one life at a time? And we're going to show, switch energy for just a moment, and then we'll end very soft with a pillow in worship But I want you to see how people have processed the gospel. And one of the most bold way, and even thinking through Memorial Weekend and soldiers and all of that, there's a movie, Free Burma Rangers. And we're going to show you the trailer um, right now. Well, you have one life, and you might as well go for it, because what are you going to hold on to? I grew up as a missionary kid in Thailand. I remember thinking, I think I'm more of a soldier. I felt God had something else for me to do. I turned to Karen and I said, I'm going to Burma. Will you come with me? Will you marry me? I felt in my heart, say no and let it go, or you say yes and you get in. I have no other plan, just go. Go to the sound of the guns, go to the sound of need, and trust God to show you how you can be useful. David Eubank, a former Special Forces captain, has gone on to found a relief group called the Free Burma Rangers. Helping those fleeing the front lines of war. His wife and three children go with him into the conflict areas. As we did these relief missions, more and more ethnic people began to join us. I want to go and help my people as I can. We hope these things will change the world. We're here on the border of Iraq, and these are all refugees that have been fleeing ISIS. This is the craziest thing in the world to do, and yet we knew we had to respond. I felt God's voice, get on your knees and pray. Get on my knees.
I look like a Christian nutcase, man. Ice has just opened up on three sides. Bullets are pinging off the Humvee like crazy. Everything is just right there on the edge. How far is that going to take Dave? Ah, alive! What's happened to you is wrong. We're going to help you. Even if we die trying, we're not going to leave you. Because you count. Jesus, help me. Um, yeah, there's certain movies, you know, you see and you're just not eating popcorn anymore. That's one of them. Uh, Passion for Christ. Okay, snacks go down. Uh, I don't recommend our movies, but I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to go see Lone Survivor. And that one, it did something to me uh, in a good way. So here we're getting ready to just wage war against darkness. But we don't do it with weapons, we do it with love. One of the rooms we have here, we call it the war room. It's where we pray, we plan, and we play. And in this room, tetelestai, it is finished. And we are loved to love, and that's how we fight. That's what love the city one life at a time means for us. It means me and you on mission everywhere all of our jobs, everything we do. Sacred, secular divide, nope, we're here. Build houses, plant, live there. I'm not in Lansing, 517. Same gig, love God, love people, where you at? I drive a little further, I was talking to somebody, they drive from Owasso, game on. I'm out in the country, I can't, I don't even see people. You got somebody there, visit every once in a while? Maybe you pray for somebody. So we stop today by saying, God, will you just speak? So I don't even want it to be hard or heavy. We're going to show one more little kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're just going to worship. And this, yeah, 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 is to remind us, here we're getting the next army wave ready. Um, That's unlocked in every sphere of life, which is we do an internship called All Internship. We've already had 11 applicants move from step one to step two in the application process. We're not even sure how long we're going to keep it open because of the response has been that uh, significant. We're not sure how many we could, we could do well. It's going to be, we think, our richest experience yet. But I wrote down when I was praying, I wrote, God, it seems like you're getting the next wave of the army ready. And what would it look like if there was a whole church behind that? And whatever age you are, wherever you're at, maybe you're supposed to be in it too. Who knows? It's 418 and over, uh, but man, if there's a will, there's a way. Look at, if they're, man, they're going, they're going to Burma. What's special about them? You know, one thing we've said oftentimes is this. If you just show up, God shows off. Just get in the car. Yeah, but my best yes is behind me. Oh, the older I get, that's what I hear. The devil tells me, ah, oh, I don't need to be doing it. I might need to be praying for it. I might need to just be present. I might need to just lean in. I might need to just give God all of me again, you know? Ask for another bold witness that I, 
that would have the Holy Spirit refresh me, that I would tell everybody that God is real, that people would say, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus. That's what's up. So if you hear the call, we are accepting still all intern applicants, and this is the promo, and the worship team's coming up. going to do the, the song it was I won't I won't move unless you're speaking to me I won't move unless you give me what I need today kind of vibe like I just need you so in one sense we're saying yes to the ends of the earth but remember why we're saying it Jesus is worth it all the mission is priceless because of him and success is already defined by him and then we flow and move and operate one life, one moment at a time. The pressure's off, friends. But the real invitation is each one of us asking the Holy Spirit, I won't move, God, unless it's you. So maybe in this place, you're frustrated with your job, you're frustrated with your family, you're frustrated with a whole slew of things, or maybe you've gotten a little calloused or apathetic, or maybe the mission needs to be calibrated today, or maybe you find yourself riding the highest wave of your life. But may we be reminded as we close that without Jesus, it's nothing. Without love, it's nothing. And so we posture ourselves before we leave this space Asking God, speak to us, please, each individually, how we can love the city, 517, and the world, one life at a time. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing Podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, Go to citylifelancing.com. You. Buy-